What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Real Bodybuilding Podcast. This is episode number 63, and I'm with a man I've been trying to get on for a little while, Mr. AJ Sims. How are you, sir? Doing great, brother. How are you doing? Good, man. So for those of you who don't know, AJ is one of the top coaches in the bodybuilding world, and uh, he coaches the likes of Logan Franklin, uh, Justin Rodriguez. Uh, I'm sure the list goes on and on and on. Uh, People know me as the Cement Factory. They don't even know my name. That's, you know what, that's, <laughs> it's funny. I was doing a video recently. And we were talking about Justin. Yeah. I was like, he's trained by that guy. I'm like, the Cement Factory guy. <laughs> it wouldn't, didn't come to me. but Just call um, me the Cement Guy. You also train Marco Rivera, who's uh, – is it Marco Rivera? Uh, Alexis Rolone Rivera, yeah. Alexis Rivera. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know where mm -hmm. I got Marco from. But anyway, he's absolutely incredible as well. So, yeah. Uh, those are just some of the reasons why I wanted to get you on. So I want to talk about sure. the, the first thing I want to talk to you about was the Justin Rodriguez transformation, because yeah. I don't know how long you've been working with them, but people saw Justin that they've never seen before last week in, in yeah. New York. So, so I've been, yeah, I linked up with Justin. I want to say late December, 2018. And we actually did the Indie pro where he was the most conditioned he ever was in 2019. Um, however, we kind of overdieted a little bit cause I just didn't, I didn't know his body, uh, at that time, but he was peeled at that show, best conditioning ever. And then, um, he did his own thing for Chicago pro last year because he had signed the contract. He couldn't get out of it. I said, you're not going to be ready. So you do your own thing. He looked horrible. He got 11. And I think that's why everybody wrote him off. Cause that was his last appearance. Yeah. And uh, we were originally prepping for the Indie Pro 2020. And of course, you know, with COVID, uh, we had to shut down because he's in New York. So, okay. you know, he got hit the hardest. And uh, we picked things back up in, in July for, uh, I believe the original plan was the Chicago Pro. Okay. And we were getting into the diet. His body was starting to click. And then four weeks out from the New York Pro, he said, I want to do the New York Pro. I was like, Justin, I, I don't think you're going to be ready, man. But let's give it a go, man, you know, because he was he was pretty heavy. And uh, we dropped the hammer. He suffered like you wouldn't believe. I mean, we were doing 40-gram carb days for two weeks straight, uh, close to two hours of cardio. And mind you, he had to drive two hours to Connecticut to go train at a gym and then drive back two hours. That was every day for him. Wow. So, so that, was his, that was his journey to the New York Pro. When you're doing 40 gram carb days, what does that look like? What does that day, what does that day kind of, what does the 40 grams consist of? Let's just say that. Uh, for him, it was grits. You know, we either keep it grits or cream of rice. It's his pre-workout meal after training. There's no carbs the rest of the day. So he, um, do, so he would do, so you're saying like meal one, he would do his cream of rice or grits or whatever. And yep. then that's it. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. The rest of the day would be, you know, white fish, some salmon for some fats. We'd throw in some cashews or almonds for some healthy fats. Okay. Sometimes he'd throw in some red meat. It, he checks in every day. So I, depending on how he's looking, how he's responding, yeah. you know, it was a rush prep. You know, we knew that the fortunate thing is by one week out, he was the hardest I've ever seen him, yeah. uh, which was actually incredible. I've really never seen a big guy change that quick. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, the cool thing is, and typically this isn't the case, and you know as a coach and, and a bodybuilder for 20 plus years, you usually when you diet on a very, very low carb diet, you can't carb someone up pretty heavy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually did this time, uh, and I think the result was great. Uh, he was the fullest he was ever ever been with the hardest and, and, and driest look. However, um, and we can get into this later, you know, I think we kind of fed him a little bit too much too close, uh, yeah. prejudging, so his stomach was a little distended. So we're going to correct that for – uh, Chicago pro for you sure. Know, let me ask you about the diet a little more. So when you're 
changing when you're looking at your client and he's sending you pictures every day and you're changing the fats, for example, because you've, so your protein, I'm assuming is consistent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty consistent for Justin. It was about, uh, depending on the day, but if we were doing 40 gram carb base, his meat portions were about 10 ounces cooked. Oh, wow. It's a bigger, bigger than yeah. a lot of coaches. A lot of coaches now I feel are doing like six ounces, seven ounces. So you feel like you, the higher proteins would do better with your guys. Yeah. If I, if I'm doing higher carbohydrates, like with Alexis, Alexis was dieting on no lower than maybe 200 grams of carbs a day. Uh, his, his, his portions were about seven, eight ounces. Yeah. Um, now sometimes if his metabolism was taken off, I would throw in a 14 ounce steak meal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I just go by feeling instinct. I'm really old school. You know, I come from the muscle mayhem days where yeah. when you used to be on the board, yeah. That's a long time uh, ago. you know, a long time ago, Chad Nichols yeah. was running the game back then yeah. and, uh, things were quite different back then. And I still believe, you know, what, what we used to do still works to this day. You know, yeah. a lot of guys try to reinvent the wheel, you know, I like that you said that cause I've been doing, um, you know, it seems to be working for me. I'm doing lower protein, but I'm also a smaller guy than I was like five years ago. So sure. I, I used to tell people all the time, and I've kind of gotten away from this just because some people could tell me that it's not, I don't want to give people anecdotal evidence, but yeah. I always felt like my, when I was on higher protein amounts, I felt stronger in the gym and I would, my body would get harder. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of old school that way too, but yeah. as, of, as yeah. of late, people have convinced me, look, you don't need it. You can get away with six or seven and I'm a little bit stubborn about it. So I want to, I, I tend to agree with that on, uh, depending on the person, you know, certain yeah. blood types will require less protein and their digestive system does better with that. However, I mean, I think if you're on a very low carb diet, I mean, the protein has to be jacked up to a certain extent, yeah. you know, obviously if your carbs are moderate to high, you know, you don't need the protein, obviously six, seven ounces would suffice. Yeah. But uh, for Justin, I mean, he needed that 10 ounces just to get through training and, and preserve muscle tissue. Okay, so you got that at 10 ounces. I think that makes a lot of sense. The, the other variable I want to ask about was the fats. So when you're looking at him day to day and he sends you something and you say, do you look at it and go, okay, today we're going to increase fats by this much? Or is it how, how much variable does, how much does the fat vary, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, so really it would just depend. I mean, if we were doing a 40 gram carb day on say a leg day, which typically didn't happen, usually leg day is when I would feed him back up, specifically because his legs are kind of lagging behind the upper body. Sure. Um, you know, I would throw in again, things like salmon, uh, whole nuts, um, steak, things like that. And it would be just be dependent on the day I go by feel with him. I knew we had a, a very short amount of time to get ready. Mm-hmm. So the fats weren't high. I mean, maybe 40, 50 grams. I mean, we're, we're talking, yeah, we're talking very low calories, you know, for a short period of time. I, I don't recommend that to most people, but I knew that Justin could push it because he's just, on 40 carbs, he was still round. I, yeah. I, he honestly never went flat. So, you know, I know taking it day by day, if I see an athlete not flattening out and actually looking softer, I can push him, you know, and I would push him basically to the edge, refeed him, and then push again. And then at mm-hmm. the final week, we were able to kind of cruise in. So that's kind of, that leads me to my next question, which is actually something I've been doing, which is, so my, so I'm, I'm kind of on the same program. So my leg day is Saturday. I do a little bit more carbs. I find it takes my body about three days to flatten back out. Yep. So basically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm flatter and I, yes. I get flatter progressively, obviously, but then Saturday I refeed again. So the question I want to ask you is how long, cause a lot of people will stay flat for a long period of time, like you said, and then they have trouble. filling yeah. up. So what is a good amount of time for somebody to be flat 
in a diet that's acceptable where they're not losing muscle or hindering their progress for showtime? Yeah, I actually kind of look for when they start looking worse. Uh, okay. when they actually look like they're, they're holding fat and water uh, and, and the muscle's so deflated that I know that they're so empty. We're kind of pushing that fine line of losing tissue. So and it is exactly what you had. You said you hit it right on the head. Three days and about that fourth or fifth days when people just kind of start to fall apart, uh, typically. Yeah. Uh, not, not the case for everybody, but the majority that's the case. And that's usually when I'll refeed them. It's needed, it's necessary. And the refeed varies from person to person. You know, some people are, are throwing in, you know, cheat meals uh, with high carbohydrates, which I call super saturation days. Some people are just doing, you know, maybe 300 grams of carbs more. Yeah. Uh, so in Justin's case, you know, if I would throw in carbohydrates, maybe, maybe his high day was 350. Yeah. Nothing, nothing crazy, you know, just enough to fill him back up. The next day he would be as round as could be. Mm-hmm. And we were ready for the initial push again. So people who watch the podcast know it wouldn't be a food podcast if I didn't ask about cheat meals. So <laughs> when you say, when you say super saturation, do you, did you, were you doing that with Justin or was it mostly just clean refeeds? Not for the New York pro for, for the Chicago pro, however, the spot that he's in right now, we probably will implement them uh, with Alexis. He was probably doing one every seven to eight days. Um, now they're specific. I don't just let guys go do whatever they want. I give them exact instructions down to the amount of sodium I want. Really? them to intake yeah but with the big guys man you know and i know there's coaches out there that don't really believe in 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 cheat meals uh but i'm old school man i do i, I do I believe do, in I it do. to an extent yeah. when it's needed not you don't just give someone a cheat meal just mentally to refresh them mm-hmm. when it's needed the body needs a, a hyper calorie dense food you can't get that from steak and rice it's not gonna happen yeah. Um, to throw in something like sushi or grass-fed burgers and, and, and you know, high-quality, maybe sweet potato fries, um, you know, lower-fat things like maybe low-fat pancake mix, um, you know, just high-carbohydrate, high-dense foods to get the calories up, to spike fat-burning hormones, to reset the body, refill glycogen, super-saturate glycogen, mm-hmm. and then be able to push again. And typically, I was listening to your podcast, I think, uh, a couple of days ago, you were talking about you have a cheat meal and it takes about three days to return back to baseline. Yeah. And I think that's perfect. And, and, and if you know that and you understand that, you can control the variable very easy. Sure. And that's what I've been, that's kind of what I've been doing is every Saturday night, I do like my, as you would call it, a super saturation day. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's not, it's not specific. And that's the part I want to ask you about is, so let's say you're training Justin, and I know you didn't do it for New York, but let's say for mm. Chicago. And you say to him, I want you to do, you know, have a cheat tonight with your, you know, your refeed day. Yeah. How, how specific is it? Like, what can you give us, can you give me an example of a meal you tell him to eat like tonight or something like that? Absolutely. So something I would tell Justin would be like three low fat sushi rolls, specifically tuna, mostly shrimp, uh, maybe one salmon roll, no cream cheese, nothing fried, no spicy mayo, and then a triple patty grass fed burger, no salt added condiments are fine. Ketchup, mustard, whatever you want. One slice of cheese. And I'll get into where I got that from. Uh, and that's, that's pretty much it. So it's a combination meal, good, clean sushi, fish and rice. He's already used to eating that. Yeah. Grass-fed quality beef, gluten-free bun. There's not going to be any digestive issues at all. He's going to digest it. He's going to be able to utilize it the next day. He's going to fill out. And then we can push it again, um, you know, to get the body to respond even better. So it, it would be that specific. Okay. So you guys, the last week you said you had – no trouble loading him, which is surprising if he was on low carbs for a while. But so how long did you load before New York? 
and surprisingly, so basically I can kind of tell you the exact on Monday before the show, I bumped him up to about 150 grams of carbs from his initial 40 grams of carbs, yeah. Tuesday, 150 grams of carbs. And then his body was taken off. You know, I, I was thinking maybe it would stabilize as I pull back cardio, yeah. fat burners are being cut down, obviously training intensity, energy output is being cut down. Uh, and his body just started clicking, man, it started clicking like crazy. So Wednesday before the show, he probably loaded on 650 grams of carbs. Okay. Uh, Thursday, 750 range. So got and up there. Yeah. Friday, he had about eight meals all the way up to midnight. Started eating again at 5 a.m. We got three meals in before the stage. Again, like I said, I'm going to correct that because I feel like uh, he needs a little more time to digest. And uh, the food choices might change a little bit. Um, played around with his sodium. Justin reacts to sodium variables very very well not something i normally do for people i'm a huge believer in keeping everything pretty close to the same yeah. uh justin really benefits from heavy dehydration and sodium manipulation as opposed to most of my guys Can someone you... like alexis won't work that way yeah um and of course when i helped juan i helped juan last year uh, after the olympia for the korea for the Prague, and for the japan show that he won Juan's a different, he's a freak. We can talk about that yeah, later. Yeah. Um, but Justin, totally outside the box of what I normally do. Okay, so the carbs actually got a lot higher than I thought you were going to say, because I figured if you started Monday, then you wouldn't need that many. So that's actually a lot of, he ate quite a bit the last week. Um, very much so, very much so. The, the question that arose from that was, what, how, when you say, because I feel like I'm kind of the same way. So you said he works better on de dehydration and sodium manipulation. So when did you start dehydrating and how did you manipulate the sodium? So usually I like to get guys up to a really hyper flushing stage of three gallons of water. Uh, he can't do that. He just, he literally can't force it down. So two is the max. Okay. Justin doesn't like to drink water. So I know, you know, two, fine. We'll do two. He's peeing all night. You know, I, I take someone's weight before bed. The last couple of weeks and then in the morning just to see how they flush naturally overnight so i kind of get a good gauge without any type of diuretics mm -hmm. uh, so i knew how much he was flushing and then on wednesday we went to 1.5 gallons on thursday we went down to three-fourths of a gallon and on friday we were doing six ounces each meal okay. um, and i was alternating coffee with water uh you know okay. caffeine just to continue to flush out kept his bowel movements going Yep. And, you know, of course, caffeine, I feel, will, will further dehydrate you, obviously, via the coffee. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and with the sodium, we dropped the sodium on Wednesday, Thursday. Reintroduced. Yeah, yeah, sorry, totally go. cut it out. Completely okay, okay. cut it out. I'm sorry, that shocked me up here a second. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Again, not something I do hardly yeah. with anybody. Yeah. This Justin's yeah. a rare case. And uh, Friday reintroduced it uh, every other meal. And it was measured out perfectly uh, and then reintroduced it again on show day with every meal. And then okay. about two hours before the stage, he had a sodium loaded meal, probably 2000 milligrams of sodium. Okay. And uh, that's just when, I mean, he just exploded wow. and uh, he was getting a crazy pump backstage. Everything was filling up. And that's why I think when he was on stage in the morning, he just kept getting better and better every round. Everybody else, in my opinion, in person was fading. Yeah. Uh, especially Hassan, when he first came out, I was like, oh man, this is going to be Justin and Hassan. That's just what I saw. You know, yeah, Hassan was yeah. just incredible. And then he just continued to fade. I know he had hemorrhoids and stuff and you know, that's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, that sodium Latin meal at the right before stage just 
bam, it just made him pop. And it was, it was incredible, man. I'm actually fascinated by how precise you are with all, with everything. So I like one of my best shows, uh, best looks I ever had on stage was that dehydration technique. Yep. But what I didn't do, I think I did to a certain degree, but maybe not as precise as you're saying, but where, where did you get the knowledge for the sodium? Like, where does all this come from? Where is this just trial and error? Or is this like, did you study it? Uh, this, this, yeah, this is definitely trial and error. Now, you know, obviously we can get into the history of myself and where I came from. Obviously during my competitive career, uh, which was about for 14 years, I, I, I used quite a bit of coaches. However, none of the coaches I used did any of this stuff because my body more ectomorphic. I had a crazy metabolism. I had to keep water in and I had to keep sodium and I didn't do cardio hardly cheat meals all the time. Um, no T3 usage, hardly any clenbuterol. My body was a furnace. So anything that I do with guys is typically, it's nothing that I did. Um, this is all trial and error. And I, I took notes from the indie pro any, any client that I, I work with in peak, I have notes from every single show every year that we've done. I know exactly what we did. I know their weight every time they use the bathroom the last couple of days. I take note of everything. And that way I can go back. And, and in Indy, what had happened, just to give you a brief overview of it, Indy, you know, because Justin doesn't speak great English. So uh, my wife is Spanish. She helps translate. So sometimes things get lost in translation. So he had cut his sodium without my knowledge before the Indy Pro. And when I got to, when I got to Indiana, the day before the show, he, I, I, you know, was kind of helping him make his food. And I was like, all right, show me how much salt you're using. He's like, I don't use any salt. I'm using mustard only. I was like, well, I never told you to cut it. So then I had to reintroduce it slowly the day before the show. And, uh, and I learned, I was like, wow, well, that really worked well for Justin. It dried him out very well. We had already dehydrated. Uh, so this sodium, but, but I knew uh, going into show day, every time he ate sodium, he got better and better and better. I was like, okay, well, we need a full day of reintroduction uh, to get better, to get fuller, to get harder. Um, and we, you know, again, taking notes, I learned that from him. Can I, I just want to interrupt for one second, because I just want, I want people to kind of understand what you're, what you're doing physiologically. And I'm going to see if I, if I can get it right. So basically while you're dehydrating him, you're cutting your water, you, you, you cut the sodium. And when you cut the sodium, it allows the body to flush the water faster. Correct. Correct. Okay. So then when you reintroduce the sodium, now the water is storing in the muscle is that what your yes. your kind yep. of plan is yes yeah we're not reintroducing this is not something someone could do with reintroduction of sodium with high water at the same time that's right it has to be one or the other or or if you're just naturally listen if you're peeled to the bone dry i mean see-through skin you don't change anything yeah. you know uh justin wasn't like that i mean i'll send you pictures after this one week out and you'll see that the peaking was I mean, I've seen a lot of guys, and, and uh, those changes are incredible to me. It still blows me away, man. It makes me yeah. excited. I want to just show everybody kind of what Justin – we've been talking about Justin for a while. I want to show him some of your – so this is AJ's uh, Instagram page, Cement Factory. Uh, check him out. You can see his clients here. This is Justin. Uh, when was this taken? This is uh, that was actually a couple days ago. That's us getting ready for Chicago right now. Okay, so then here we have – this is actually New York. That's four weeks out on the this, left. Yep. <laughs> this is four weeks out. Yes, sir. Are you serious? Yeah, that was when he told me he wanted to do the New York Pro. So that's when we dropped the hammer. If I can't imagine as a coach, you were like, "That's a good idea." Like, oh, uh, I thought it was a horrible idea, and I was very against it until two weeks later. I was like, "Okay, I think we can make this." And then, even then, I still didn't. I was like, "Well, we're not going to be a hundred percent." And he's like, "Well, I still want to do it because it's New York, and you know, it's down in Tampa now. You'll be there." 
I was like, all right, man, we'll see. And then he, he came here one week out. And then when I saw it in person, I was like, all right, I think we can definitely work with this, man. You know, it's crazy. I saw this photo when you posted it and I didn't read the caption. Yeah. Four weeks out. I can't out. believe. I mean, yeah, four this, weeks. This, yeah. Is four, this is a four week change. That's insane. Yeah. I would have yeah. thought this was like eight or 10 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nuts. Um, and here he is again on stage. So you were saying something about the stomach and I think, you know, people were also, and me myself, like when, when Justin came out, I was blown away. And when they originally did the uh, lineup, I was like, I think Justin's going to win. I had him like, I'm like, you know what? I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, I saw Justin, but I, my eye kept getting drawn to Justin. I couldn't take my eyes off of, of what he was doing. And yeah. Um, I, Not to interrupt you, but I just sent you a DM. I sent you a picture that was uh, eight days out from the New York Pro, if you want to take a look at that real fast, so you can kind of oh. see the change that we made. Oh, I, I don't think I can get it up on the screen, but that's... Okay. Maybe I'll, I'll try and post it after and edit, but... Okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm going to try and add this to the edit after, after I'm done. But anyway, okay. so the one knock I had on... The, the one knock that I had on Justin... And, I don't have that knock personally because I don't put as much stock in the, the whole waist thing as everybody else. But because I know yeah. the pendulum and the IFBB is swung so far the other way that you have to have like a tiny little waist. I was like, they're going to knock them down for this. So you think this is just a, a symptom of, you know, overcarbing and you're trying to get them loaded up for the stage. So his stomach maybe protruded a little bit. Yeah. I think whatever we, we, we use the uh, kind of, uh, a cheat type food two hours before the stage burger fries deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think even though they gave him an extreme pop, I think the oil and everything and the gluten in the bun probably distended it a little bit. So we're going to correct that for Chicago. It, it won't be the same. I've also sent him to go get a colonic irrigation to flush out the upper intestines, which is going to take down his waist even more. Sure. And I think it's going to bring down the bloat, the distension. So I, I think in Chicago, we're not going to have an issue with that at all. So I have the exact same problem is when I try and load, if I load a little too hard, like I get that thicker waist look, obviously. Um, one of the questions I want to ask you is, do you think it's possible to load hard and then not load the day of? Kind of just coast. Or do you think you need to be eating the day of? Yeah, I, I, I actually think that it's very possible. And that's kind of what I did show day. I did. I kind of pulled back on the carbohydrates a little bit. And what I really introduced the day before the show and show day, this is probably going to be outside the box again for Justin. And I do this with a lot of guys. I actually do kind of drop the carbs down a little bit. But I, I every meal is a, either like a ground bison, yeah. very easily digestible, high fat, or salmon, flaky, digestible, easy. So the fat with the protein, and the protein is four or five ounces. I keep it low, obviously. We don't want high protein show day. We're not building muscle. Sure. Uh, but the fat will carry it over, you know. And then, and then it comes down to what sources are, are best for people. Believe it or not, jasmine rice sometimes blow guys, it will blow guys. Uh, yeah. Sometimes creamer rice is, is, is a good choice. Sometimes it's not. Potatoes are no good for most guys. It always tends to create gases. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really finding out what is the best for that person's, you know, gut yeah. uh, on show day. Um, so moving into Chicago, now that you have him kind of ready and he's way far ahead of where he was last time, how does the diet change? What, like how many carbs a day would he do now that he's kind of like there already? It's totally different now. He's doing one cardio session, maybe 40 minutes in the morning. Um, 
his normal diet days are about 250 grams of carbs. Nice. And today he's, he's uh, doing a refeed for leg days. He's about 700 grams today. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And he's just, he's dropping. I mean, his metabolism is, is insane right now. So up, yeah. what it comes down to is controlling it mm-hmm. and knowing when to push and really when to pull back, you know, we have five weeks left and I can put him on stage, you know, next week, pretty, pretty easily with okay. some the manipulations we did. He's uh, 261 right now. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, he, he, he ate like a pig for a day or two, you know, I let, I gave him a free day. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, he shot up, uh, about 20 pounds. Yeah, that, was, uh, and, that would be me. Yeah. Yeah. In two days, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it's okay. Cause it probably just sped up the metabolism at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. What, um, why didn't you guys do California? Cause I think you would have won. Yeah, he definitely probably would have won. And I, and I, we talked about it. Um, it's more of a financial issue uh you know and and uh i think he just wants to get a little more time in uh yeah i feel like we definitely would have won because uh we would have just made the corrections that we did at new york pro and uh would have been pretty close to the same condition i I really don't think he needs to be much better condition no uh to take a pro show but me being me i'm gonna get him in better condition and i just want to shock everybody in five weeks because i know the potential justin has his back double bicep is one of the best in IFBB right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I just had to teach him how to sit on his legs. It's something, uh, and if you notice in the pictures, he doesn't show a lot of separation. And that's simply down to not being able to contract his legs properly in a front shot. Oh, he's just uh, a, it's a posing issue. It's a posing issue because it's there. I mean, in the hotel, uh, you know, locking it out, cross-striated, it's all there. He just literally does not know how to. So. Okay. I'm trying to link him up with Victor Martinez, another New Yorker, Dominican guy, and, and see if we can correct that for New York or for Chicago. Because, you know, it's it's probably going to be a tough lineup, man. You know, Chicago's, so Chicago's going to be tough. I'm looking at that show myself yeah. and it's like I, I can imagine the last qualifying show before the Olympia is going to. Yeah. Be, you yeah. Know, everybody's going to jump in. So sure. Sure. Um, I know the Spain show is going to be deep and I'm imagining whoever doesn't qualify at the Spain show is going to come over and do chicago so yeah it's going to be a deep lineup for sure but i think justin like honestly when it comes to new york if they would have flip-flopped places and he would have won no i don't think anybody would have complained yeah yeah so you know ian got a lot of flag ian's a great guy man i i i've seen ian at so many shows and he's nothing but just a gentleman Mm -hmm. super super humble and he he changed a lot from tampa man they made corrections and it definitely worked out so in person uh ian was definitely better than what a lot of the pictures show through yeah. Uh, especially on the side shots, obviously he owns those shots. I just kind of felt that overall, Justin, you know, and of course people say I'm biased, but if my guys lose to a better guy, I just say, listen, you got beat by a better guy. It is what it is. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. I definitely felt that it was close to prejudging. They just didn't give Justin look until the very end. Cause in the first call out, he was that. in the middle and they actually moved him out immediately yeah. to the end. And I was like, wow, I, I thought this guy was amazing. Um, that kind of threw me, that threw me also when I saw it, I was like, do they think he's winning? Is that why they put him out there? Yeah. Cause they moved him right away. Cause I'm like, okay, they must, they must think he's amazing as I do because yeah. they just, you know, they, and I'm like, that's not right. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And then as the call outs went on, I'm like, why aren't they putting him back? And yeah. It looked like he was in the fourth position. Uh, cause they did another call out with Max, Patrick and Hassan and Justin yeah. They put him in the middle of that one. I guess they liked him the most in that. And then they brought out John at the end, Ian, I think Patrick, and then Justin. Mm-hmm. It was a crazy prejudging. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going on. But I knew when I told Justin, I was like, listen, brother, the fight is not over. Yeah. We come back tonight better, drier, harder, fuller, which we did. 
and he gave Ian the fight of his life at the finals. I mean, I Justin so. was on point. I mean, we, the stomach was better. He was harder, fuller. And the more he posed, the bet he was the only guy that continued to get better and better and better. It's like it's as a as a competitor myself, I know when someone's feeling good, and you can tell by the way he was posing because he would they would call the shots and he was like he was riled up, like he yeah. was already, he was excited for every shot. Yeah, I mean, I was telling him backstage, "This is your show, brother. I mean, this is it, man. You got to fight if you want this. You got to show the judges this is your show. I mean, that's how I am with every athlete, like." It ain't over until the show's done. If your arms are raised in victory or you got second or third or whatever, we're going to keep it tight and we're going to do whatever we can to formulate a plan between prejudging and finals to get better. I don't care what happens at prejudging. We will come back better. What did you guys do? Because he did look better at night. So what did you guys do between morning and night to make such a drastic? Not, it wasn't drastic, but he did look better. Yeah, he was definitely harder, a uh, little fuller. Um, yeah. Pretty similar. I mean, the weight was pretty much identical. I just think that what happened was – you know, as he posed, maybe he lost a little bit of water. Maybe he didn't sweat, so it's it's kind of hard to say. But I'm sure he did. But he like didn't most do. But he didn't do like any special foods. Like some guys do a burger and fries after the prejudging. No, stuff. no, so no. Kept their, kept their because food. we did that before prejudging, we went back to kind of the you know basically bison cream of rice, yeah. um, some some flavored rice cakes. You know, I like the flavored rice cakes because they're you know 20 grams of carbs per rice cake. They're a drier source. I like to do a combination meal. Uh, Throw in some sugars. And gave him a little bit of fluid. Gave him about eight ounces of Diet Coke. And um, and that was it. That's all the fluids he had between prejudging and finals. Did you ever work with Chad? No. It's, it's crazy. When you say some of the stuff you're saying, I'm like, I've been through this. Like, it's, it, not, it, it's not the same. I don't want to say it's the same. It's not the yeah. same. But there's some similarities, like, that I'm noticing. Cause yeah, I don't, I, I don't know too much about Chad. I just, I've been around so long. I mean, I, I used to live in Las Vegas. Jay Cutler was my training partner off and on for many years when I was a teenager. So I, I've been around the circles and so I've heard does, a lot. Let's get into that. How did, how did yeah. you, how did, how old are you right now? If you don't mind me asking. 32. So how did you, at 30, you're doing, dude, you're doing well at 32, man. You're already like, a lot of people Thank consider you, you, you know, in the top echelon of, of coaches. So that's a good, good job. I appreciate on your that, part, but, um, how did you get started and when did you get started? Yeah, I started bodybuilding at 12. I did my first show at 13. And then uh, I have a very supportive mother. She moved me out. from. We lived in Tallahassee, Florida, and we moved to Vegas. I went to the Sean Ray Muscle Camp in 2003 okay. Okay. in Las Vegas. The yeah. NPC USA's Richard Jones. That. Richard Jones won the USA's. Chris Cook was a, you know, guy. Dave Palumbo was still competing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, we went to uh, the Gold's Gym on Sand Hill in Flamingo, which is the best gym in Vegas. I don't know yeah. if you remember. It's the old school red one, yellow one. I don't think um, I've been, I, don't, I haven't been. I've seen the videos, but I haven't been there. Yeah, the yeah. best gym in town. And I told her on the flight back, I was like, I was 14. I said, Mom, I want to move to Vegas. So I, I got to pursue this bodybuilding career. She's like, you're crazy, man. One year later, we moved out there. <laughs> and uh you know i took you know jay took a liking to me he saw i had a lot of passion and drive and and you know he took me under his wing and you know he would come by the house and drop off you know I mean, muscle tech might not be happy but he would drop off boxes of muscle tech products and and, and clothes that i couldn't fit in yeah. and he would talk bodybuilding and business with me for two three hours and i'm like man this is this is a dream come isn't true that, and here i go isn't that weird that i was like at that time the guy was second in the world yep and you're just this 14 year old kid. And he's like, cause he, he kind of did the same thing with me. Like after I turned pro, he was like, Hey, why don't you come yeah. out, come out and train with me, stay in Vegas yeah. for a few days. And I didn't take him up on it. Cause I was too anxious to go 
I, mm -hmm. it was just a weird thing for me. I'm like, I'm gonna, I was too, mm -hmm. ner I was too nervous, right? But yeah, isn't it crazy that somebody at that level could just come by your place and hang out and try and teach you the, for what reason? Like, why would he do that? It, I have no idea. Jay, Jay is one of a kind, man. He's a yeah. special individual and I'm so thankful even yeah. to this day. Every time I see him, I just thank him so much because I learned so much from that man, not just bodybuilding, but business, you know, yeah, of course. he's a like-minded, he's a very good businessman, obviously. And uh, so, you know, being out in Vegas, also working around a guy named Tony Pearson, he's okay. back in the eighties, best you know poser. Yeah. Uh, the late, great Frank Hillebrand, again, a nineties bodybuilder. He passed away and, uh, Diana Dennis, you know, she was a top female bodybuilder in the eighties and Dennis Wolf then moved to Vegas, Gustavo Bedell. And I was around all these guys, Phil Heath, you know, I was around Phil Heath when he turned pro at the USA. So, I mean, I've, I've been around quite a few guys and, yeah. you know, I soaked up every little thing that I possibly could. And back in the muscle mayhem days, you know, on Chad's board, you know, he, he would give out a lot of information and I, and I saved it, you know, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously you can't copy and paste as a coach. You yeah. have to, you know, there's variables on the fly, but you can take tidbits from everybody and yeah. then kind of do trial and error and, and, and go from there, you know? So what you started competing at 13, how many times did you compete? Like, did you keep competing into your twenties or no? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I did, uh, I competed at 13, 14. Then I took off. I started doing team nationals at 17. That was my Olympia. You know, I used to say, man, I don't care if I die at 20, I got to win the team nationals, man. <laughs> and I never won it because my yeah. genetics were horrible. You know, it what just do you wasn't mean your genetics were horrible? Were you too small? The structure, the structure was no good for me. You know, I just didn't have the structure. These kids back in the day, I mean, team nationals was tough. There was 20 guys per, per class in the light heavyweight. Um, and then I started competing in the 20s. That's when I started winning some overalls and my conditioning was starting to be well known uh, in the bodybuilding industry. I was coming in really, can really peeled. Can I ask you, were you coaching yourself at that time or did you have a coach? No, no, no. I, I you know, back in my early 20s, uh, to be completely transparent, I was very selfish and I yeah. became a coach hopper uh, because I didn't trust anybody. <laughs> and I was always looking for, I always said, man, maybe this guy's got something that I don't know. So let me go to him, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I unfortunately got kind of a bad rap when I was younger doing that. Uh, but I did work with, with quite a few guys. I worked with a guy named Tony Friedrich for a little bit. He was great. Matt Porter, the late great Matt Porter, great individual, man, just a, a tragedy. He was so great to the bodybuilding community. Very smart. Learned a lot from him actually. Yeah. I uh, worked with Matt Jansen for a short period of time. Um, I think that's about it. If I'm missing so, someone, I do apologize. I want to ask you, because you said coach hopper and you mentioned yeah. it kind of as a derogatory term. And I'm like, eh. I don't know if I consider that a bad thing, depending on how you did it. I didn't do it right though. We're, we're, we're talking on four weeks out and I switched guys, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the, and the funny thing is that's happened to me so many times as a coach, I know on the receiving end now, man, that was horrible. That's and, so uh, yeah. You know, I was a young kid. The, the mentality was, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get ahead. You know, so yeah. if I step on people, I step on people. And, you know, I just wasn't mature. And it, it is what it is. I've apologized to everybody. That's not who I am anymore. I had a lot of maturing to do. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, but, you know, the thing is, is with all those coaches that I work with, I can legitimately say I don't really do anything, again, that they, that they had me do because it just doesn't work. Uh, my body was different. You know, I had kind of a different body. So what, when did you decide to hang it up? What show was it that where you were like, hey, this isn't for me, I'm out. It's not going to work for me. Well, I was actually forced to hang it up. I have something called ulcerative proctitis. It's an irritable bowel disease, autoimmune disease. It's right below Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. So 
anytime I prepped for a show and I started taking orals like Winstrol, Anavar, things like that, flare-ups would happen immediately okay. where I would have bloody stools, mucus. I went to the hospital a few times and it just, you know, the acid reflux was so bad. The gut health was out of control. Uh, yeah, I couldn't even eat any vegetables for two years. So it just became to the point I was like, I, I just can't do this anymore. There's just no point. And I'm never, even if I turn pro, I'm never going to do anything as a pro. So really what's the point? Um, I'm getting pretty good at this coaching thing. That's when my name started coming up. I um, worked with Al Augusti in 2015 and he won the Tampa pro with me in the 212. And I was like, okay, well, I think I'm just going to be a full-time coach now. And I'm a better coach than I was an athlete. Quite so frankly. Were, you, were you coaching? Were you coaching while you were competing? Yes, I did coach. Yeah, yeah. I coached just amateurs. I didn't get an opportunity to work with professionals until the yeah. end of 2014, 2015. So when did you start? How old were you when you started like coaching people? or helping? 18. So you'd been coaching people for like five, six, seven years before you got like uh, mm -hmm. anybody significant or anybody of any stature to, to coach? Yeah, I won a lot of overall state titles, local titles, uh, turned a couple people pro, but no notable people. Um, until I got an opportunity with Al Augusti, also known as the hybrid, great 212 yeah. athlete. Yeah. And uh, he had just come off of an injury. And in one year, we took him from nothing to winning the 212 at the Tampa Pro. Yeah, he made a difference. Yeah, I didn't know you, I didn't know you, ever, you worked with him. Yeah. Um, so you had to re kind of retired from competing. And is it like your love for bodybuilding is so great that you know, coaching was the next best thing? Or how did you know that this is kind of what you want to do for the rest of your life? Like, are you, are, do you ever get annoyed by clients? Like, are you, how many clients do you have? Well, I'm just saying, yeah. like, I, 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 <laughs> listen, this is why I say it. This is why I say it. I did the coaching thing. Yeah. And I, I do it much differently than you do. I do it like the yeah. old school way, which is like Chad mm -hmm. Nichols way, which is like, here's your diet. I'll talk to you in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, sure, sure. you know, that's not done anymore. Now everybody, yeah. you know, you're on the phone every day with people. So how many clients, I, I just, I'm not cut out for it. I don't have the patience. I'm not. It's tough, man. It's tough. It's, you know, it, it, it's not easy. Yes. I get very annoyed. I get very frustrated. And to be transparent again, coaches get burnt out. Yeah. We, yeah. we get burnt out where we're like, man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Even, even being successful, even winning titles, it comes down to like, man, I just don't have a life outside of these athletes, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, that's just being transparent. You know, yeah. the payoff happens obviously when the person competes does well they're happy they're satisfied even if they don't win if they're satisfied with the way they look i'm satisfied it's a win you know if they look the best they've ever looked so you know it comes down to when i became a coach i said listen i'm gonna put the same energy that i did in myself and into the athlete now not every athlete that i work with that might be listening is like well i don't get that from you well that's because they don't give me 100 percent of themselves i will always give back what the athlete gives to me I so see what you're saying. Yeah. if they give me 50 percent, they're only going to get 50 percent of me you know i want to work with people that have that killer instinct mm -hmm. that's where i came from i mean i came up with jay cutler i mean that man was a machine yeah. so yeah. that's the mentality that i want to work with when i work with somebody well the thing i like to the thing i like to i used to tell people is i'm not here to motivate you i'm here to help you yeah so like some people hire a coach because they want somebody to kind of ride them every day and be like, Hey, you know, why aren't you telling me to go to the gym? Why aren't you, why aren't you? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, it's oh, yeah. not, not really your coach's job. Like, not at I, all. And I think, is that kind of what you mean when you say like, I want somebody who wants to do it hundred percent. Like you don't want to be on the phone trying to get your guy to go to the gym. Like 
I want to work with somebody that's not motivated by Instagram. I want to work with someone that is driven because they love the process of training, dieting and changing their body and then getting on stage and being the best version on stage possible. That's the love of bodybuilding because back in the day when we were just getting started, you know, um, there was only the boards, getbig.com, muscle mayhem. There was no Facebook. There was no, I mean, this is before MySpace. you know, we had to get on get big and wait for the magazines to drop to see the results of shows usually. Mm-hmm. Um, because we loved it, you know, yeah. and, uh, that's missing a lot today. That's for sure. Yeah. I agree with you. I think there's a lot of people that are getting into it more so because they want to belong to something or they found yeah. something that will give them a little bit of attention. They found something you can post on Instagram or whatever. Absolutely. I do agree with you. So going back to the, going back to the X's and O's, I want to give uh, the people watching some information because usually whenever I have coaches on, I try and pick their brain and get, get some good information. From Absolutely. Home. So client comes to you in the off season, he's fat and he's like, I want to get big. I don't know if I should cut or bulk first. What is your answer? How do you go about helping this person change their physique? Like what is, I guess to, to narrow down the question, do you have a strategy for helping somebody lose weight and gain muscle at the same time? And what does yeah, your off, yeah. what does your off season eating look like? Yeah. So if someone comes to me out of shape, we're definitely going to recomp first insulin sensitivity needs to be increased because typically someone has insulin resistance at that point, especially if they're using GH year round and they're fat and they've been using, you know, insulin as well. So what I basically do is I will recomp them Mm -hmm. uh, for maybe four weeks, you know, sorry, I have to interrupt because I'm going to, I'm going to assume people watching aren't on insulin or GH, maybe GH, maybe not. So let's just say, Let's just say somebody heavier comes to you. What does recomping mean? What are you going to do to their body? Yeah, so it's like a mini diet. So we're going to mini diet. We're going to go into a carb cycling. They're still going to be eating somewhat of a surplus, uh, not a lot. And we're going to implement cardio. I may even implement some over-the-counter fat burner just for that period of time, obviously using things like metformin as well, glucose disposal agents like Matador from Project A. Um, just getting insulin sensitivity high, recomping, changing the body composition, losing some of that body fat. And then we go for the initial blast of a progression season. I like to call it slowly increasing caloric intake over a, you know, a period of time and making, see, I like my guys to stay lean. Um, I don't like my guys to get super out of shape. Do you need to eat a surplus of calories to grow as a 250 pound man? Of course you do. Do you need to get up to 300 pounds? I don't think so. Not if you're competing at 240. Um, I just feel like that's going to create uh, such a tough, difficult prep. And I like to get my guys into a rhythm where they actually grow into the contest prep if we do things correctly. Okay. So when you're recomping, so if somebody came to you and they're fat, they have to lose weight first. How lean, let's, let's not go by weight. Let's go by body fat percentage. What body fat percentage do you want to see somebody at before you decide, okay, now we're going to start ramping the food back up? I would say around 12 or 13. I want to see visible abs. I want to see abs. I don't want to see a lot of uh, lower back fat around the kidney area hanging over their shorts. Um, I want someone to be relatively lean. I want to see lines in the legs. I'm not talking about striated glutes, obviously, Mm -hmm. but... I want them to look like a bodybuilder. I want them to, to show some sort of shape. That way I know that when we get progressive with the food, their body's going to be able to react properly. Okay. 12 or 13 is not too lean. I think anybody, anybody who's serious should be able to get to 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Too, much, too much issue. Agreed. So you said something about get in the off season, getting too fat. Now I'm notorious for getting heavy in the off season. 
<laughs> now, I'm not going to disagree with you because that's not what my show's about. I don't, I don't. Yeah. And I actually, you know, the, the more I research and the more I learn, the insulin sensitivity plays a big part in, in growing. So if you're too fat, then obviously it's not going to help. Yeah. But that being said, every year I see guys put on 40, 50 pounds, right? And then they diet down, but they're left with an extra 10 pounds of muscle than they had more so than they had last year. So if it's wrong, why is it working? And can, yeah, that, and can it work better? That's a great point. That's a fantastic point that you bring up because, you know, it's almost like that old saying, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? We keep doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. I've just seen that if someone properly rebounds off of a show because, you know, not to sound cliche, the body is a sponge. Insulin sensitivity is super, super high. Fat burning hormones are very, very high. Body's very sensitive. You can ride that wave six to eight weeks if you do it smart. And uh, last year I had a guy do the NPC USA's as a light heavyweight at 196, did the nationals in November at 215 and turned pro. And he was peeled out of his mind. We did the rebound correctly. He took it serious. We did everything that we needed to do. He stayed lean, but we exploded up to 235, 240 because we took advantage of that. Is he a hyper responder? Maybe he is, you know, we, we could put it that way. Maybe he's a hyper responder. However, I just feel like, like, for example, uh, with Alexis, Alexis, I'll get him up to, I'm going to, I want to show people Alexis while you're talking. Yeah. I will get him up to about 275, 280 at the most. And he competes about 245. So there, there's a, there's a drop. I mean, there's, there's 35 pounds, but we're talking about, you know, dehydration at the end. We're talking about, you know, using some sort of diuretic at the, yeah. I mean, he just peeled out of his mind there. Yeah. And, he looked uh, amazing at that show. I remember. Yeah. He actually lost that show, believe it or not, in Vancouver. Did Lucas he really? Osladil. Yeah. Lucas Osladil beat him. I'm, I'm still sour about that one. I, I would be sour about that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not so, because, I mean, Lucas, Lucas gets as shredded. Oh, he was peeled. Yeah. No but doubt. I don't think his physique is as nice mm-hmm. as, as Alexis. So, well, we got him at the Olympia. So, you? you know, yeah, we did. We were, we were able to, uh, that's Joel Thomas. He's, I was gonna, I'll, I'll go over him. I'll go over a couple other guys as we, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. Just, I'm trying to find another one. There, Alexa, there's the Alexa. guy right there. If you go back up the guy that did the nationals, there's the USA's to the nationals right there. Which one? Where am I? In the middle, right there, right okay. there, that guy. Yeah. He was a light heavyweight there. And that was <laughs> that's July. A difference, yeah. Yeah. That's only July to November. So yeah, four months, four months in between. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, let's go back a minute. So we don't gloss over this because this is pretty dramatic. When you say we did the rebound correctly, everybody thinks, well, if I just, okay, my way of doing a rebound is horrible. Like what Chad, what me and Chad used to talk about was, and even John has said this to me is just get your weight where it needs to be and then stay there. So I would like finish a show and I would be at two, I'd finish a show at two thirty and I'd be at two eighty in like fucking a week or two. Right. Well, so, I, I can't disagree with those two individuals. I think they're the, some of the best coaches in the game. Well, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not asking you to disagree, but yeah. looking back at it, it probably wasn't the smartest, the smartest thing. But I also don't know, you know, some people rebound really slowly and they'll add like 500 calories yeah. a week and, and let just get, so where, where is your rebound? How does it work? What is so special about it? Like how did that guy gain so much weight? Yeah. So basically I gave him his diet the night of finals. And I said, listen, go enjoy yourself for a day or two, you know, try to keep the weight within 10, 12 pounds. That way we can have a successful rebound basically. So on Monday we went right into it, cut cardio because I knew his body could take it. Now, most people, I don't, I don't let do that. We slowly wean down the cardio. We slowly wean off the fat burners. We slowly reintroduce 
different hormones. If we did anti-estrogen loading at the end, something else that I do with people, uh, we take those down and then we reintroduce hypercalorie days, super saturation days, if you want to call them that. Um, you know, of course I do dabble with insulin timed properly and, uh, I just get the feel of someone's body and how they're progressing. And sometimes it's, it's a matter of actually pulling back on the training. Cause a lot of guys are so motivated after the show. They're like, I'm going to the gym every day. I'm going to train twice a day. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I'll pull back on a guy's volume and frequency down to four or five days a week. Sometimes they do double splits depending on, you know, who the individual is. And this guy just happened to really respond well to the food increases. And then I, and then I was like, well, as a coach, I probably over dieted him in this initial phase. So now I know what to do. And uh, this guy can handle a lot more food, you know? When you say uh, that when you're talking about training, so do you do your clients training as well? Or do you just advise on kind of what they should be doing? I have templates that I've, that I've written out custom, but the majority of guys that come to me, they know how to train and uh, I'll, I'll give them advice. Like for example, Justin, right now I have him on a specific leg day. He needs no help in the back region, uh, no help in the arm region. I'll give him a chest day. So I'll, I'll implement certain things. If I see a lagging body part, I'm a big believer in very frequent touch up training. So for example, glute training for guys three times a week. Uh, lower back training three times a week, uh, leg extensions. If you're lacking in detail three times a week, I know a lot of people would argue with that. I like uh, that. I, again, what? I'm a believer in the old school mentality, man. No, you know? I, you know what? I like a lot of what you're saying and it's kind of refreshing to hear, to be honest with you, because you know, coaches come along and they learn these new things and then everybody just disposes of the old shit. Yeah. And I almost feel like the more we talk, the more I realize you've taken some of the new shit and mixed it with the old shit. And that's why your clients look so good because the, the old stuff works like absolutely hundred percent, man. You know, I remember when I started, uh, I used to train with a guy who was very old school and he was like, he'd be like, I want you to do hamstrings every single morning. Yeah. I'm like, what are you you talking about, man? I'm like, what the fuck? Sure. He's like, I want you to go do that hyper extension bench, not for your lower back, but for your hamstrings beautiful agree and, with it and he's like i want you to do three or four sets every morning and that's yep. it absolutely and i swear to god one of the I, not anymore because now my hamstrings are torn but uh for the longest time people were like how did you get your hamstrings stripped oh your your hamstrings were wild man and it, the only wild the, the only explanation i can come up with is that guy had me do that for like a year yeah. <laughs> like in my, in i believe it made a difference brother you know what i mean so i just yeah. uh, the old, i guess my point is like the old shit works right so yeah. Um, so you actually have guys go in and, and will do le- like a leg extension or whatever, three times a week. And you think that's okay. Yes. Okay. I like so for that. example, I mean, I'll, listen, there's no secret. So let's say glute touch up, right? Three times a week, reverse hyper extensions, just like you had mentioned for hamstrings and glutes, Jefferson squats, also known as the Kai green squats with the yeah. bar in between your legs, you're humping the air. Um, abduction, glute bridges, things like that. So sometimes with guys that have really great metabolisms, I'll cut cardio. And instead of doing fasted cardio, they go in and train glutes, fasted abs, and then they'll pose for 15 minutes. Dude, I love that. That's awesome. That's amazing. Okay. So the fat guys come to you. We're going to, we're going to go through this really quick because it's been, it's been an hour. I don't want to keep you forever, but I want to get through some. You're good, brother. I want to get through. Ask away, man. So the fat guy comes to you, you got him down to 12 or 13%. He looks reasonable. Now you're like, okay, let's, let's start eating. What, what is, how does the implementation change? What foods are you looking for? Do you do flexible dieting? Are you very strict with what the foods you want them to eat? Like, how does it work in the off season for you? Cause some people, for example, 
like John will tell me like, look, I don't care what carb you eat. These are your carbs to choose from. Yeah. This is the number I want you to get to. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very specific in the, the type of food because I'm a huge gut health advocate. Obviously, okay. with what I have, I had to learn the gut inside out and understanding what the body, you are what you digest and utilize into the cell, period. So with carbohydrates, so I'll use a guy, for example, Dominic Cardone, uh, young, I'm working with him right now. And um, he came to me very fat and out of shape. He, you know, he, he, he got away from bodybuilding and uh, mm -hmm. I started him on a diet. We leaned him down and we, we found out via uh, Joe from Project AD. He kind of helped me with this. Uh, Dom was very gluten intolerant. So I had like bagels and maybe some pasta in there. And he wasn't sleeping well. He was bloated. He wasn't getting pumps in the gym. We changed it completely, took all that out, replaced uh, you know, bagels with grits, uh, cream of rice, jasmine rice, uh, brown rice pasta, gluten-free stuff immediately dropped six inches on his on his waist wow. and his body just responded he's getting pumps in the gym he feels fantastic he's sleeping so gut health is something so overlooked in the bodybuilding community that we just think that we can just eat copious amounts of food coming from whatever as long as it's you know uh within the parameters of bodybuilding typically yeah, and that's yeah. not the case that's definitely not the case we have to figure out what you have an allergic reaction to an allergic reaction from a carbohydrate or a protein or fat could be something like a runny nose, maybe some bloat, you have inflammation, joint pain. So I try to fix all that, man, because it's yeah. really important to understand that your gut is the number one thing and death starts in the colon. So we have to make sure everything's running properly. That's actually really interesting you said that because I think most people just power through it. Right? Yeah. Like most people... I'll get messages all the time. Oh, I'm so bloated. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. So I'm not saying like I'm better than anybody, but I used to do the same thing. You know, I'm bloated. I'm this, I'm that. I, I can't go to the bathroom properly or I'm going yeah. to the bathroom too much or yeah. whatever. The, and I'm like acid reflux, GERD, yeah, 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 all of people, it. Well, you just got to eat the food. You just got to, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing, nobody ever says, you know, change this, this and that. So how do you go about assessing like where do you is it just a process of elimination or do you actually have a way to assess what foods it might be food safe allergy test blood test and a process of elimination and then of course i build gut health up through things like fermented vegetables like sauerkraut kimchi glutamine up to 40 grams a day because it heals the stomach lining bone broth from grass-fed sources because it has uh, collagen-based things to seal up the gut lining um, there's, there's many things that I do probiotics, the probiotics that one thing I want to tell a lot of guys, a lot of younger guys that don't want to spend a lot of money on probiotics, spend your money on a good probiotic. It has to be a living organism. It has to be shipped cold directly to the manufacturer. So it's actually still alive and you have to take it first thing in the morning with cold water. As soon as you wake up, stomach acidity is at its lowest point. Okay. Another reason that a lot of guys have acid reflux and GERD is because they suffer from too low of stomach acid. So then they take proton pump inhibitors like Tums or Prilosec, and that actually exacerbates the problem where they need to be taking things like betaine to increase natural production of stomach acid to break down the proteins properly. So I, I do all this stuff, man. And it's, it's okay. really important. What, how, how dramatic of a difference could someone like, I don't know, pick anybody. Like, let's take me, for example. How dramatic of a difference is my physique going to make if all of a sudden, like, I'm not, I don't do anything for gut health. I'll be honest with you. I'm like completely old school. I'm like, most you know guys what? don't. I feel good. My body feels good. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. I'm good. Right. That's kind of how I am. But let's say you get a hold of me and you're like, you know what? I want you to do all these gut health things. 
and we start doing them, how dramatic a difference do you think my body would make? Huge. You think it's that it's that big a deal? Like it's that absolutely big. because what what happens when gut health starts decreasing and declining over time is your cell actually is not utilizing and absorbing that nutrient. So then you become deficient in things like vitamin D, B1, B3, magnesium, calcium, your hair starts to thin out, your nails become brittle, your joints start to ache, anxiety, depression increases, all these things filter around gut health and proper stomach acidity to actually break down and absorb the nutrients into the cell, you know? So it's really, really important that as bodybuilders, I mean, everybody in general, but bodybuilders, because we're constantly eating, that we understand that your gut health has to be up to par. And another great uh, tip is to chew your food, man, 30 to 40 times before you swallow the food. And I know nobody, nobody does that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) So you said to take probiotics, but you also said to take uh, fermented vegetables. But from what I've read, like, uh, it's like a a half a cup of sauerkraut has like billions more cells than... Mm -hmm a probiotic you would take. So why do I need both? Uh, you need both because of the strands. So you, okay. fermented vegetables have SBOs, which is soil-based organisms. It's the living organisms from soil that we need. Then you have things like probiotics that have bacillus coagulans and different strands of good bacteria that maybe the fermented vegetables don't have as well. So I'd like to pair those two together. Another great thing is something called manuka honey. Based out of New Zealand, it's antimicrobial and antibiotic type of honey. It's healing to the stomach lining. Again, see the problem a lot of guys suffer with when they start suffering with sleep and people are using CPAP masks and all this other stuff to, to, to sleep properly is because they have leaky gut syndrome. It throws off your circadian rhythm. Your circadian rhythm is your body's natural release of melatonin and understands it's when it's time to go to sleep. And it throws it off. So if you feel like you're tired in the morning, you're dragging. And then at night, it's like, man, I have energy. I don't know if I'm going to go to sleep. And then you fall asleep and you wake up at two in the morning. It's like, man, I can't sleep. There's a lot of stuff going on that guys don't know about, you know? So I'm I'm laughing because I'm like, that that fucking, that happened yesterday. It's the majority, it's, it's the majority of guys. And of course it's exacerbated and prep with trend and clenbuterol and, you know, all those things that are obviously going to affect it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What about, uh, proteins is your, are you, do you feel the same way about proteins or is it to say like, the reason I ask is you said something about, you keep, you, you mentioned blood type a couple times. So do you subscribe to like the blood type diet theory that like certain blood types should eat certain foods and things like that? Is that kind of what you're talking about? No, no, not at all. So like with the blood types, uh, I've noticed that there's certain blood types that, uh, yes, they, they, they do well with certain blood types. Like my wife's blood type, she does very well with red meat because her stomach acidity is naturally higher. So she can actually break that down very well. Uh, But with the proteins, I'm a huge believer. And listen, guys, I know it's expensive, but the organic grass fed free range stuff, no antibiotics, no hormones, John Meadows, you know, this mountain dog diet, you know, if the cow's being fed corn, you're ingesting it causes inflammation. Um, and I caught on to that back in 2013 when he had posted his stuff and he actually gave me a lot of advice because when I was going through my stomach issue, you know, he had a vascular disease and had his colon removed. So obviously he understands that. Um, so yeah, the proteins are very important, uh, as far as the types of protein, a lot of guys are allergic to chicken breast and they don't even know it. Uh, you know, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. What would be an allergen that would, you'd notice from eating chicken breast? Like what would something be that you could trigger it? 
so you'll have an inflammatory response. Uh, maybe it could be mild bloating, could be gas. You should never eat a food and be gassy immediately. It's, really? it's just this. Yeah, no, unless it's a high gas vegetable like broccoli, which I don't prescribe anybody to eat broccoli. Nobody should yeah. be eating broccoli. It's just too high in gas. Uh, yeah. But if you're eating something and you have some sort of bloat or gas or irritation or joint pain or your nose gets clogged up or runny, uh, that's an irritation right there. They're, you're allergic to that food. And, and a lot of guys are allergic to egg whites because they just eat them way too much. So that could be me. That could be especially me. if you drink them too. A lot of guys. Drink, I don't drink. Them. I don't drink them. I yeah, it's no good, man. I do egg whites like twice a day, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't. I, I'm not gassy or anything, but I wonder sometimes because people are always. The people always say egg whites are the thing that could cause you know that allergic feeling or the bloated yes. feeling or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so. How far do you take it? The last thing on a scenario with the guy you're growing, how far do you take that guy, like calorie wise? How far can you push somebody? Is it just as long as he's lean, you keep pushing the food, or is there 100%? We get to a ceiling point typically where I know we're, we're on the verge of if we continue, you know, the body fat's going to start accruing too fast. But the big guys, you know, an Alexis uh, may get up to 7,000, 8,000 calories, not every day. Um, cause I still believe in calorie cycling through the year, uh, zigzag dieting as, as Jay Cutler, uh, taught me when I was young yeah. is the zigzag diet, which of course he, he learned from Chris Aceto, um, you know, calorie cycling, having specific days and, um, you know, the cheat meals and stuff like that are thrown depending on the person. What I find, uh, more beneficial is having it the night before the lagging body part and actually not on the day of you do the really? cheat meal the night before the lagging body part to give you that fuel for the next day. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause a lot of, see, this is always a conflicting thing for, for me and from, from people I talk to, because over the course of my career, I would say for the first 15 years, I was like, you know what? I got to train legs tomorrow. I'm going to have whatever them, you know, whatever the food is today, I'm going to load up and tomorrow's leg day. Um, but then over the course of the last five years, there's been this change and people are like, no, you should load up after your leg day to refuel from the work you did. But I don't know which one makes more sense. So, well, I, you know, I've done both. I've yeah. done both. And I actually used to be an advocate of doing it that day. Yeah. Uh, but what is, what, what are we trying to achieve? by eating either before or after or during the leg day right so before it was obviously to put the gasoline into the car so it runs efficiently and that we can get the best out of the workout what what we know is when we're in a depleted state especially in a contest prep that the glycogen you don't feel that high carb day typically till the next day yeah. uh you don't see the results you don't feel it typically uh so i'm you know i was like well this makes sense let's throw in the refeed cheat meal whatever the case may be the day before the lagging body part let's see how the person wakes up responds and then if we need to do a clean high carb day that day we'll do that but we have that super high dense caloric intake of food the day before the lagging body part yeah it makes sense um okay so is there a uh when you were saying you said calorie cycling instead of carb cycling which kind of caught me is why is it calorie cycling and not carb cycling? Like, are you, are you cycling your proteins and fats for the guy in the off season as well? Or are you just cycling? So you're not just everything, everything gets cycled fats, really? protein and carbs. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. So your diets are definitely going to be more complex. Nobody's going to be able to like just copy it. Off the, you know, 
I mean, you, you, you could copy and paste it, but if you don't get the full spectrum of the, the, the long period of time working with me, you won't, there's nothing you can do with it. Um, so I, I, that's why I don't mind giving away a lot of information because I'm so instinctual to the point where I have, everybody's body's different, you know? So what one person, and this is cliche, but it's so true. And you know, this, what one person does, the other person doesn't do. And, and yeah. what one, you know, works for one person will not work for the other person. So, you know, for Juan Morel, the guy trains twice a day, every single day he eats. When we did the, the three shows after the Olympia, he carved up for the entire week on a thousand grams of carbs every day. Um, I've never seen anybody eat like that. And <laughs> yeah, he's out of control, man. He's, he's, a, he's a, he's a workhorse and, uh, He's a great guy, man, but he's a, he's an animal, man. That, that dude can eat. He can eat. So, um, so yeah, man, it's just, it comes down to the individual and uh, calorie cycling would include every single macronutrient being cycled. When you calorie cycle, is it calorie cycling through the week or is it calorie cycling, cycling like through the month? Like is your week going up and down or is it like one week is high the next week is low? Like uh, it would be a, every week going up and down. Yeah. So throughout the week. So like, you're doing like a high, low, medium kind of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever the setup. It might be something like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I want to show people a couple of your clients before we go, just because especially uh, this gentleman here, where did he go? Is a freak, a freak. Yeah, Joel Thomas. <laughs> and um, I don't know how you transformed this guy. I remember competing against Joel, like, yeah. uh, I don't know, five years, six years ago. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even near like close to this. Like, yeah. How long, so, how long have you been working with him? Okay. So with Joel, it was a kind of a, it was unfortunate what happened. Obviously he was working with Matt Porter, which of course we know passed away. Um, and he was in the middle of his contest prep for the 2019 Tampa pro. So he approached me eight weeks out and um, he's like, listen, I need someone to help me push through this. I, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you're the guy I want to come to. So took over his prep. And uh, we achieved the best condition to date that he's ever achieved. Now, granted, Matt obviously set him up in a great position. Um, so I give Matt also the credit and, uh, you know, may he rest in peace. His, my prayers are with his family. Uh, he's definitely missed in our community. And um, I was able to dial Joel in because I had him do a lot of things he's never done before. We were doing those super saturation days. Uh, even at that point, the video you were, you're looking at right now where we were going up to a thousand grams of carbs. Wow. And uh, he was doing weekly cheat meals, uh, sushi, bison burgers. And uh, I pushed him hard on cardio. But, you know, it was one of those things that, um, you know, Joel's a, kind of a new guy where we still have work to do on the backside, as you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but his front is insane. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he tore his pec uh, at the beginning of this year. So he had to get surgery. It was reattached successfully. So it looks fine now. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be hitting the stage uh, sometime next year in Tampa. He was 222 on stage, uh, believe it or not. And uh, he was peeled out of his mind. But I think uh, next year, 235, 240, he, 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 he's going to win a show. Did you say he was only 222? Yeah, on stage he was 222. Look, after looking like that? Yep. How tall is he? He's like, what, 5'7", five, 5'8"? I think he's about 5'8", yeah, yeah. He looks so much bigger than 222. Yeah, yeah. So imagine two. 235 you know he's gonna be dangerous he's gonna be dangerous yeah it's gonna be good man so you got justin doing uh chicago and who else you got logan franklin who just won is doing the olympia yeah who else do you have uh competing in the next few months 
uh, a guy named DeAndre Campbell. He actually won the DeAndre? Tampa Pro Classic. Yeah. Where he came to me after for his Olympia prep. He's a great athlete, freak in nature. I think he's going to do very, very well. And uh, Alexis, we're just waiting on his knee to heal, man. You know, I, I'm chomping at the bit to get back with this guy because, you know, we did Vancouver, got a close second. Tampa, he beat Sergio in the best battle in bodybuilding I think I've ever seen on stage. It was out of control in person. Yeah. And uh, we went to the Olympia, got 11th. I personally thought he could have could have edged out Kukalo for that 10th spot. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. He was a new face. And um, and then, he, you know, he hurt his knee. So we haven't been able to come back since, you well, know. Been, so. How long has it been off? Um, well, in 2019, January, we started the progression season pretty heavy. And then we just had to pull back. It just wasn't, it wasn't feasible, wasn't doable for him. Okay. So, when's, he, when's he expected to get back? Um, I'm hoping soon, man. He's been getting PRP in the knee, uh, getting a lot of therapy. I think he did stem cell therapy as well so we're giving that some time so if we do compete it would probably be like 2021 tampa pro uh just to give him some time and you know when he competed in those pictures you showed he was 241 uh, alexis has the potential to definitely be in the 250s mid 250s and he's going to be dangerous he's he's a top six olympia guy he's very well put together like he's yeah not, he's, he's, he's dangerous like he's there's he's not lagging anywhere mm -hmm. he's got a crazy physique so well, listen, man, I, I appreciate you coming on, and I'm, I wish you luck with Justin, Logan, and DeAndre. They're all very good, very good competitors, um, and I look forward to seeing what Justin brings to Chicago. Hopefully, you don't do well with him in Chicago just so I can beat him. <laughs> <laughs> if I, if I'll I see what I can do, brother. I can't I promise you anything. <laughs> if I don't get on stage, I hope he wins. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, I hear you. I appreciate so it. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast, and – I actually watch yours, so I do appreciate uh, everything you're doing. And, hey, man, it's going to be an exciting Cali Pro show today. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, listen, if you guys are interested, are you taking any clients right now? Uh, the right person, if it's the right person. If you're the right person and you're not, <laughs> you're not a pussy and you work hard. Send, there you go. Uh, send AJ your DMs and maybe he'll, he'll work with you if you're, if you're up to snuff. But, anyway, listen, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. And uh, good luck moving forward. We'll talk soon. Thank you, brother. You too. Hey, okay, man. Have a good one. You too, man.